We are Sarah and Laura. We are doulas, mothers, women, wives, and entrepreneurs. We love a lot of things. The gym, food, coffee, health, kombucha, our families, and our friends. We are so committed to being authentic, honest, and vulnerable and showing up here just the way we are. We promise to never positive wash anything, but please know that we are wholeheartedly committed to radically thriving. With this podcast, we hope to connect on a deeper level and talk about hard stuff. Ultimately, we want women and mothers to know deeply who they are and what makes them feel happy. Whether you're getting into a bath or taking us on a walk with you, or maybe you're commuting to work, we are honored that you chose our podcast to listen to. Could this house be more cold? I'm actually warm today. It's probably about to bleed. Oh, my hands are freezing. (laughs) My ovulation time has not been hitting right this time, and I'm mad about it. Yeah, it doesn't work when you're in a piss poor mood, and I'm also day 27, but you seem better today than you seemed yesterday, which is a win for our guest today. The sun is out. Okay, let's get right into it. Our guest today is Cassidy Lee Bell. She's an earth guardian. She's a mentor to women. She really just helps women come home to themselves. Um, So 13 moons is something that we have so many questions about because we thought we knew some things about astrology and astronomy, but turns out we really don't. No. Um, So Cassidy is the expert on 13 moon true sky astrology. So she's reweaving the ancient earth ways. She's also a craniosacral therapist and body worker, and she's Canadian. So (laughs) welcome, Cassidy. Thank you so much, beautifuls. I'm truly honored to sit with you today. It feels so good. It feels so good. So exciting. Mm -hmm. So this is morning for you. What time is it there? It is 10 a.m., about 10 a.m. right now. Yeah. Emerging into the day and sitting with you right away, which feels good. I'm like, let's go. Let's talk about 13 moons. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for joining us. So what led us to wanting to have you on the podcast was Sarah shared your Instagram page with me because she likes to challenge me and I have my 12 moon astrology sign tattooed on my body Mm -hmm. as well as my children's Mm -hmm. as you can imagine Mm. (laughs) this is a hard lesson to learn that I could be wrong and reminded of it for life yeah there's some resistance (laughs) there for sure the first time I brought it up Laura was like, absolutely not. What am I supposed to do about my tattoo? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you don't have to do anything, but (laughs) open to it. Like we are, we are truth tellers ourselves, right? We're in the brain. And so this feels like something we can't ignore. We'd also done an astrology podcast before. Mm -hmm. And so now this just feels like opening up a whole new can of worms, which we, we do love to do. We do love. Yeah. So yeah, oh jump in. tell us the basics, tell us the deep stuff, tell us what we need to know. Mm. I feel mm. like every time mm. I visit your page, I have more questions and I feel like I, uh, yeah, I don't really understand it all. So yeah, mm-hmm. from the beginning, 12 moons, moons, 13. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. I just want you to know that you're one of many who have these signs tattooed upon you including my close circle so many of my sisters so many of my friends and later I'll explain how that is still relevant you can still maintain the essence you can still honor because no matter what your true sign is your true sign 
No matter what our psychology believes, no matter what idea constructs we have, the planets were where they were when you were born. And that's non-biased, that's cosmological truth. And yet the archetypes that we have been relating to are still the same archetypes. We're just giving them the wrong titles. So the essence, what do you think your sun sign is, love? What did you think your sun sign is? I am a Libra. Okay, so of course you're Virgo, beautiful. And so the essence that you thought was Libra that you've been connecting to in your solar aspect is still the true essence, but it's just not the word Libra. It's not an air sign. And what I think is so hilarious is that 90, 95% of true Virgos, they're the midwives, they're the doulas, they're the herbalists, they're the medicine keepers. That's super interesting because I never felt like an air sign. That was the one part of it that I was like, I am not airy. Well, this is where it became so disembodied is when I look at your essence and your body right now, you are rooted, you are non-wavering, you are boundaried, you are somatically oriented. And this is where it became so disconnected is we're looking at a very earth oriented being and saying that's air because of a construct versus actually using our logic, our intuition, our perception. And that's actually where my journey began is starting to witness people's true essence, their embodiment as a body worker, right? I always say that I was a body worker way before I was an astrologist. And it was through tuning to people's bodies. I was told I was an air sign too. And all the most grounded, rooted body workers, midwives, herbalists, women in their matriarchal embodied orientation, were all being told they're air signs. And so things just weren't lining up. And then just kind of a natural evolution brought me home to this true orientation. And so in regards to where it all begins, are you guys interested in some chronology and some archaeology and history in regards to kind of where we got confused? Sure. Yes. Yeah. But let's back me up and maybe some of our listeners, <laughs> because I don't think I know when you're saying air sign. Yeah. Are there four? Is that what we're saying? Like air, fire, earth and water. Yeah. Okay. And how does that attach to your 12 or 13 astrology signs? Yes, this is this is the interesting aspect is, you know, time, we experience time through the cosmological movements. So one day is one rotation of the earth, right? One year is one full rotation of the earth around the sun. And then we have this funky month system that makes no sense cosmologically. And so we had to really mess with time mathematically in our culture to try and fit what is supposed to be 13 moons, meaning that we actually have 13 months that are perfect 28-day lunar cycles. We, at some point around 2,000, 3,000 years ago, started really messing with time to try and fit this 12-month cycle. So I imagine you understand that we have February, which is 28 days. Every four years, it's 29. Every second month is 30 days, 31 days. It's not based on anything natural. It is not based on anything cosmological. We had to mathematically, in our human kind of egos, mess with the month system to take us away from 13 moon orientation to time. Even though cosmos is perfect, Right, beautiful. We have 28-day lunar cycles. There's 13 of them. We bleed with those lunar cycles. Our somatics as women, our wombs, our bleeds, our bodies are inextricably connected to the cosmos. 
And unfortunately, this is where it gets a little bit more insidious. It's nobody's fault, but this kind of what we call patriarchal consciousness needed to unplug us from 13 moons, take women out of their physiology, out of their blood, out of their wombs, out of their power to try and control time. And so we see the birth of 12 month system, Babylonia, Greco-Roman, basically at the rising of the patriarchy. And that is when Europeans, pagans, people of the East, they lost 13 moons. It was very, very intentional. And this is when we see the birth of 12 signs, 12 sign astrology, when all of the ancients, our ancient, ancient ancestors, knew there was 13. Of course, there are 13 signs. There are 13 moons in a year. There are 13 menstruations in a year. There are 13 tectonic plates on planet Earth. To the Maya, there's 13 joints, 28 bones in the hands and feet. Like this 1328, 1328, we can see everywhere in nature. The back of a tortoise shell, 13 moons, and then 28 plates around that. We have 13 meridian systems in traditional Chinese medicine. We have 13 layers of heaven to the Maya and the Incas and the Aztecs. 13 is so a part of the clock of life. It is the womb space holding what we call time. And so, of course, there's always been 13 signs. And we are going to talk about the specificity of astronomy in regards to how confusing it's all become for astrology but there's always been 13 signs that our solar system moves through. But when we created the 12 mathematically imperfect, just completely made up months, they're totally made up. We had to take out one of those signs to kind of plug it into the 12 month structure. And I'd love on this call to talk about the one that we very intentionally chose to remove because it's very empowering to the feminine, extremely so. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so... Wow. There's so many parallels between birth and like the patriarchal yes. concept of checking the cervix and how labor should progress, how that was all decided by a man and defined in a nice, cute little box when obviously we know that it can't be. Yeah. Um. And how did 13, is, is it around that time that they decided 13 is an unlucky number and it's all associated with witches? Uh, like, and, and also who is benefiting from it being 12? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I so hear you, love. You've already made the connection about Friday the 13th. That's really a microcosmic expression of this whole dis disillusionment is Friday the 13th, it represents Venus Day, Vendredi in French, that's Latin origin, Venus Day and 13. 13 has historically always been the most mm, phenomenal, devoted number of the feminine. It, it represents our lunar cycles, it represents our wombs, it represents our bleeds. And so Venus Day the 13th, aka Friday the 13th, to our pagan ancestors, to European ancestors, was the holiest day of feminine ceremony. It is where women would gather from near and far in fertility ceremony, in honoring womb, in honoring body, in honoring sensuality, in honoring life force, in honoring the sisterhood. We would use um, archetypal energies like the goat and the snake 
and we're going to talk about why that's interesting, to represent feminine fertility, they would be present and that would be kind of our totem animals. Now, at the time of the birth of the 12, the 12 months and taking us away from 13, it became very clear that this consciousness, because it's not about men, right? It's not men's fault. It's a consciousness that was enacted through the masculine for the past 6,000 years, the fall of the goddess, the fall of the dark feminine. So at this time, it was understood, we need to take women away from their bodies. We need to disconnect peoples from the earth. We need to disconnect people from the moon. And we need to make everybody kind of disconnect from their natural rhythms. Because when the women are bleeding with the womb and coming home to the red tent and coming home to Friday the 13th ceremony, we're not messable with. Let's just use that word. I usually use this word, but we're not messable with, right? And so this was all born at the same time of we're going to start using the word lunatic for people who are connected to the moon. This is also around the time where the church was born. And anybody who was pagan, meaning connected to the earth, this is just indigenous earth spirituality, which was all over the world. That, of course, the fall of that began. Friday the 13th became the witch's day when it used to be the holiest day of feminine fertility and ceremony. And we removed the 13th astrological sign, who is called Ephiuchus or Ephiuchus. I always get shivers when I talk about her. And we're going to talk about what she represents. She is the serpent. That is the archetype. She is the serpent. And so when we talk about the story of Eve or the Bible, we see that the serpent and the goat are the two totem animals that are demonized because they were the ones that were most honored for feminine sensuality, embodiment, strength, and fertility. And so in somatic cosmology, which is really what I share, which basically is showing us that a journey through the constellations is actually just a journey through our bodies. Aries starting at the head, Pisces ending at the feet. We surgically removed a fiacus, which is the vulva, the vagina, and the cervix, the cosmos, wow. the serpent. So she was surgically removed. She's not even the 13th sign. She's not the last sign. She's the ninth. She was taken out because for the feminine to connect to this archetype, to connect to their pussies, to connect to their womb and their cervix is immensely powerful. And so story of Adam and Eve, we have this serpent going up the tree, you know, inviting Eve to come home to her pleasure, come home to the fruits of life, come home to her nudity. That serpent is a fiacus. It is kind of inviting her to come home to her true nature. And so the demonization of the serpentine energies, kundalini life force, sensuality, embodiment, power in the feminine, it was so profound that we were even taken away from the sign of the fiacus in astrology. I thought the Bible story was that she was already naked in the garden when she is to take a, so sorry, I missed that part. You said she was being asked to come home to her nudity or she already was nude. And then it got told to her that that was wrong. So the serpent in the tree being a fiacus, being her life force, being her pleasure is inviting her to eat the fruit is saying like life has created this, this, I think it's an apple, an apple for you, like receive nourishment, receive pleasure, Mm -hmm. receive like the fruits of life. 
And the way that the story is denoted is that this is Eve's downfall into shame. Mm. And that totem was very intentionally used to show, hey, when you're in your receivership, when you're in your worthiness, when you're in your sensuality, your embodiment, when you're connecting to the serpent within as a woman, that this is shameful. That's what the structure of that story sold. Mm. But in truth, it is in receiving the fruits of life, receiving nourishment and worthiness of our belonging here as women in our bodies, in our nudity, in, in our full expression. That is really the liberation that Ephiakis is here to initiate us into when we start to actually deepen with her essence. My mom's birthday is October the 13th, which she was born on Friday the 13th. It's tomorrow. Yeah. My husband is also- That is tomorrow. Born on a Friday the 13th, July. Yeah. Interesting. Amazing. That's all I thought it's like on the floor. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I immediately want to read every book that I possibly can about all of these topics. is, Is there any books that you recommend for people who- want to learn even more outside of booking I love this calls with you. <laughs> I love this question because in truth, I do not know of any. I'll be completely honest. I've never taken an astrology course and I've never read an astrology book. Can you write? And that's been so, <laughs> I will, I will. Okay. And that's been so important at the first wave of this remembering, because we are literally the first wave of this remembrance. And yet everything that I share can be astronomically confirmed. And that's the deepest backbone we can have is look outside, use a telescope, see for yourself. When we have the backbone of nature, like when we have the backbone of physiological truth and physiological birth, again, we're unmessable with, Right. So as long as we have that backbone of nature, we're, and the truth of nature, that's, that's really the best way to learn. So, you know, we're just starting this community of astrologists who are remembering. So there will be more resources to come, but it is part of that unique essence of being the first wave of people, women specifically remembering the truth. It's been many thousands of years and we can actually see a Theakis denoted in the most ancient temples on the planet, 8,000 years ago in Egypt. 9,000 years ago in Hinduism, she's, she's been there, but she was removed. Wow. So um, I'm thinking about like the Quran or the Bible, when you mentioned Hinduism, how does this fit with, or does it not, obviously, with the narrative of a God in the beginning making man and then a woman, or mm. is that like a different, mm. you come at that from a different history? Well, I mean, it's all connected, right? I think that the conversation going on between has got a man or a woman is is so futile because in truth, we need the sperm and the ovum. We need light and matter. We need sun and earth in order to create life. And so I think that we've anthropomorphized these god, goddess head beings when really life force is life force, life is life, light is light, matter is matter. And I think what this true orientation brings us home to, it's not like the matriarchy stamping out the patriarchy. It's coming home to mutuality and mutual reverence and reestablishing the feminine in her rightful throne, which is in her womb, which is in her pelvis, which is in her heart, which is knowing her mission, knowing what she's worthy of. And Aphiakis teaches us so much about that and finding our true charts 
understanding the true archetypes, coming home to deep self is also so conducive to reclaiming our true matriarchal power and service to life. Um, you know, I'm happy to share about too how, yeah, Western astrology is inaccurate because I think it could be really helpful for people, yeah, who have tattoos or have potentially identified in a way that is actually not deeply empowering for their true mission. Because that's what it's really all about is bringing people back to their power. That's all that matters beyond the discussion, you know? So if there's no books and no charts, what are you going off of? Yeah, so there the sky. Yeah, <laughs> astronomy. Yeah. <laughs> astronomy, ancient texts, ancient remembrances and my own soul journey coupled with other people who are remembering other phenomenal astronomers, phenomenal true seekers who've been on this path kind of secretly waiting for other people to remember. For a lot of us, it started with a simple time. It started with 13 moons. It's being like, okay, there's not actually 12 months. There are 13 lunar cycles. Like that's a beautiful place to start. And then after that, it's like, huh, all of Western astrologists are telling me that the moon's in Aquarius. But when I literally take my naked eye, a telescope, an astronomy app, a satellite, I'm seeing visually that the moon is in Capricorn. Interesting. Okay. And then we start to be like, wait, if all the constellations are completely different sizes, if we completely made up the 12 month system, how is the sun magically changing constellations on the 22nd day of these months that we completely made up? Like we start to kind of dismantle uh, the illusion and start to use our logic. And then we're like, wait, if Western astrology was created 2000 years ago where Aries was supposed to be on the 22nd day of March and the cosmos is shifting. How is it still aligned? Like it's actually the most logical remembrance, but it's just very hidden from us. But once we know we can't unknow and even deeper than that, once we know our true orientation, it's such a deep homecoming. It's so profound. Okay. So this is a pretty basic question, but what you're saying then is if somebody is born today, that's the, their astrology sign based on where the moon is today. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. so my birthday is August 25th. Does that mean in 13 moons that I'm a Leo? Most likely it depends. You're kind of bridging in Virgo territory, okay. but I have a feeling you're a Leo because every year it changes slightly because that's the truth of the cosmos. It's not a 12 pie chart that we just divided into 12, right? But if you and looked so up like mine from, I'm born in 1982, that's, you would look back yeah. at when the moon was or where it was on that day. Yes. Oh, so see. what I would do to generate your chart. So there's two amazing astronomers on the planet who have generated the technology to generate your astronomically accurate chart. And so what I would do is I would type in your birth information and what I'd be given is a literal snapshot of the cosmos at the very moment of your birth. So we'd be able to see in which constellation the moon was, Venus was, Mars was, the sun. And this is our natal chart or astrological chart. And the profundity of this is that I feel so deeply that souls very deliberately choose these charts to harness their deepest power. And I can feel even in the space, the Virgo potentially Leo energy and how they beautifully mix together to create this beautiful podcast. 
But what astrology should do, I'm making a deep statement, but what it should do is bring us deeper into our bodies. Mm. It should be a direct representation of how we felt as a child, how we feel deeply as a woman before the conditioning, before archetypes were projected upon us, before we were told we're so airy when it's so obvious the way we're in our body is deeply earthed. It is a very, very deep and emotional homecoming because it's how we feel. It's not our, it's not our psychological construct of who we are, but our true design beyond conditioning, beyond this paradigm. It's really who we are in our system and our bodies. Wow. <laughs> Normally when I'm doing a podcast, I like write all these things. I have all these just next taking questions. taking it all in. But I'm just kind of like stunned. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay. What do I ask next? What do I know is true? What do we need to know next? How do we, yeah. How mm -hmm. do we deeper into our true astrological yes. chart and figure out yeah. who our true self is. Okay. I also wanted to bring something up. You said the other day. So, <laughs> oh, no. um, <laughs> it is vaguely because it's about a client. Oh, but your question was roughly around when sometimes when a baby is born and it seems, it seems like their soul doesn't land right away. Yeah. And they just take some time to take their first breath and is there something about them being rushed or, um, mm. yeah, I just wondered if you had any thoughts about that. I know you're going to be delving more into the birth space. And so I just wondered how this all connects to birth. Oh, that's such a profound question, you know, because I've worked with people who shared I was a C-section or I came earlier. My birth was induced. Does that mean that my astrological chart is relevant or accurate? And my question is undeniably, absolutely. I think you can both feel that even when interventions happen, there is a benevolent, there is consent on the, on the soul level, even though, you know, not ideal. It's not what we desire necessarily. It's not the intention, let's say, but there is consent on a soul level and everything that happens is meant to happen. Like you, you both know, we cannot force birth. Birth happens through us, right? And so in regards to our charts, I feel that there are no mistakes. And I've never read a chart for a person who was cesarean or came early or induced that did not feel 1000% anchored for them, 1000% true. And so when babies come into this life, and you know, that soul is having an interesting time transitioning. I think that's also just the resistance that we as souls have to dropping in in this paradigm, we're used to dropping into a village structure. We're used to dropping in with the aunties at the drum, at the rattle, people singing for our mothers, already knowing our soul songs and like chanting it back to the mamas who are birthing us in such a somatically present way that it's like a cranial sacral session. And when the baby lands, they're fully in their bodies. No, we're really coming home to that. And so I think that that interface between master souls, ancient souls, and really choosing this body is a really big deal right now. Because once we drop in, we're kind of used to having a more conducive, integrative journey into the body. And that's why I love craniosacral for babies who are just born. And I love mama's birthing in the most resourced environment possible, so somatically anchored which is the work that you're both doing, which is the ambassadory that you're both pioneering. Thank goddess, because as you both know, that story of gestation to birth is going to be the kind of microcosmic story that's going to play out for our whole lives. I know you both probably yeah. know that, that we kind of continue to relive our birth story, our gestational experience. It really creates the nervous system in architecture 
for how we're going to relate to life and how amazing is it for us to have babies that come in where they don't have so much unraveling to do in their nervous systems because of their birthing experiences. So I would say we could even see and track the birthing experience in the very chart because we can track the whole life in the chart from an essence-based experience. Wow. I feel like the podcast needs to be six hours long. I know. Well, I'm just thinking about... So like one of the things that's making us crazy in, in the birth world right now is how many babies are induced. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just what you're saying. Like how many nervous systems are we frying right mm-hmm. from the get-go because we are mm-hmm. forcing babies out before the mom and baby are ready. Yeah. But that's interesting that you say that you have never come across someone who has felt like they're in the wrong it's comforting. It is. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that that's yeah. then there's an adaptation or what do you think that is? Cause I, I, I will say I have a hard time, um, agreeing with the fact that, I mean, we put up a stat the other day that was one in five babies are induced, but a couple of midwives said it's actually more like one in three. So yeah. I feel like there's that many babies that are just like, okay, fine. I'll be born when you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. I so hear you. And I think this is when it gets really philosophical on like a a non even physiological level. I mean, birth is so where like spirit interfaces with flesh, God and goddess meet. It's an incredible experience. And I think that at this point, there are a lot of very masterful beings who are choosing to come into difficult nervous system circumstances, right? I don't think the collective nervous system has ever been more messed up, dysregulated, amplified, and women have never had such a hard time birthing physiologically. And if we want to look at the vitality of the culture, if we want to look at the vitality of a collective species, I feel that we look at how the women are birthing. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that it always comes down to, it's meant to come down to consent from the mother, right? Because mother is the deepest advocate and ambassador for this little soul coming in. The soul is in soul form in a lot of ways, right? So they're in their like highest mastery. They're in like their higher self perspective, but once they drop in their baby perspective, right? And this beautiful mama is mother perspective. And so reestablishing consent for mother as the highest ambassador, highest advocate for this little life is like top priority and everything that's happened, no matter how traumatic, could it have been different ideally, but was it meant to be different? I don't know. I don't know if I can say that. I don't know if I can track any experience that's happened on planet earth that wasn't meant to happen, but should have it happened? Probably not. Genocide, Hmm. atrocity. But we are learning a lot from responding to what is out of alignment. And right now there's so much out of alignment, which is showing up in our pelvic alignment, our spinal alignment, our capacity to birth babies, which is supposed to be the root of society, um, but is kind of weirdly pushed to the fringes and allocated to the hospital space. Um, But so much of it is changing because of women like you. So it's all interconnected, right? Cosmos, everything. It's all a macrocosm, microcosm, completely. <laughs> and you've lost Sarah to the emotional world. <laughs> this is why we're burnt out. Uh, it's such a huge responsibility on all of us. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just what you said about yeah. it all being just pushed to the fringe and relegated to the hospital. 
it's just not the way it's supposed to be. No, no. And, you know, us being centered on planet Earth, just to bridge it with the cosmos, like we're meant to orient our life around the moon. We're meant to literally orient time. Like, when are you coming here? In three lunar cycles. In right, we are meant to orient life around that 28 day cycle around womb. Like moon centric living is womb centric living. And so when we took out the moon from our chronology, from our time, and we made these 12 supposed to be solar months, just completely not including the moon, that was just the removal of the feminine. That was removal of womb. And so when we're not moon centric, we're not feminine, feminine centric. Now there was no place for the feminine. It was all solar. Bless the sun. Thank you, sun, for your life-giving energy. But what about the earth and the moon? And one more thing I want to share about astrology. There's so much we could share. But we've completely negated that we all have an earth sign. There's literally one other astrologist on this planet talking about how the earth was also in the constellation at the time of our birth. No one has ever talked about the earth sign except me and this one other astrologist. This is something we can calculate in readings, but the sun sign, which we all say, I am a Leo, I am a Virgo, but we're just as much the earth. The sun is our contribution. It's how we shine. It's what we do. It's how we serve life. It's our action, but the earth is how we be. It's how we are life. It's how we grow life. It's like the feminine and the masculine. And so my prayer is that for women and humans to remember their earth sign, because it will tell them so much about their beautiful design as well, because we're not just what we do. We're not just our service. We're not just our contribution, right? We're so action output oriented. And that has expressed in how we say, I am a sun sign. I'm a Leo. I would say I'm a Capricorn. No, I'm just a Capricorn sun, but I'm personally a Leo earth. And I'm just as much that. How can I find out my earth sign? I would calculate that for you, but I will. Yeah. And we can do that. We can do that after the call for sure at a future date, That'd be amazing. but astrologists. Yes. I would love to calculate both of your earth signs. Yeah. Um, but right now there's, yeah. I mean, one other astrologist who are calculating this. Wow. I can't believe I've never thought of the fact that there wasn't an earth. I'm sign. I'm of course bit, there is. There's all the other planets. Okay. So I'm going to, you don't know your moon sign. Like I, well, okay, mine but, is wrong because it's wrong. But, but no, but, what you're saying, <laughs> I thought we were saying, oh, okay. So your sun sign is like your, your masculine, like I am this. That's what, so that would be your like Virgo. Like the Leo or Virgo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your How moon, you shine, your where, output, your contribution. Your moon was. Okay. I thought were, we were talking so about I, the 13 moons. I was, I did identify three hours ago as a Scorpio moon. <laughs> Probably I'm not. Okay. And then what would an earth sign even sound like? Like, what are the names for it, them? Same ones, love. Okay. So same constellations. You could be a Leo earth. You could be I a Virgo see. earth, a Pisces earth, because just like all the other planets, sun, Mars, Venus, Jupiter, our earth is also in a constellation at the time of our birth. Yeah. So when we look at the whole birth chart, we have the capacity to calculate, oh, and the earth was here. Okay. All right. And I got it. I might need to give her a little yeah. astrology 101 lesson <laughs> in the car later. Yeah. Let's bring you back about 12 steps. Yes. I think so. actually, you're doing so good. Love. You're doing so good. Thank you. Thank you're you. You're doing so good. <laughs> She's making me feel nice. Uh.
Oh, I'm still caught up on the fact that lunatic. Well, I didn't yeah. put together that that's from the moon. And also my dog's name. Yeah. Is- <laughs> oh, how beautiful. Yeah. All right. What do we it's need? It's a huge dismantling. Yeah, yeah. I have a question. What do we need to know? I think I want to know, like, what do we yeah before what do we need to know like what are we doing what are we what do we I don't know or what yeah. what is my question yeah. what does Sarah need to do with her life no Cassidy? yeah well there's that I mean I have yeah. a, a life, lot of life questions right now but that's for another time <laughs> um yeah like well, general okay let's talk about what you do with your mentorship and your coaching yeah. and yeah. your your that side of it and what are the the offerings for people. Yeah. And what yeah. are people coming to you with and how are you helping them? And what does all of that look like? Yeah. Beautiful. So the way that my mission started was just, I only started an Instagram account like a year ago and just kind of, it was this period of like calling out. It was this period of activism, which I imagine you've both been in the stage of, of like, first we got to dismantle some lies. First we got to dismantle some illusion. And that's when we kind of come with that fire. Right. And we're like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And so for the first few months, it was really just bringing people home and getting them to ask questions about their trust in systems because our trust in the 12 month system is our trust in the big system and the infrastructure of politicians and everything that's guiding time that's created this false structure. And so that's really how it first began. And then gaining the confidence to start to illuminate how that lies directly to depicted in astrology so it felt really immature and it's nobody's fault but it felt very manipulative unconsciously manipulative for astrologists to be telling the collective the moons in pisces or saturn's in pisces and telling them all about it when that's actually just not true right that's not actually accurate it's like telling someone they're seven centimeters dilated when they're three centimeters dilated or it's like it's Western astrology is like telling everybody in the dead of winter, hey, everybody, it's ripe, fertile spring. Go plant your seeds, start to till the soil because we're in the rebirth, we're in the fertility, it's airy season. But you go outside and it's snowing, the soil is frozen and you can't even plant seeds. And you're like, wow, I really feel like I'm integrating. I feel like I'm in deep hibernation. I feel like I'm at the end of the cycle, but these Western astrologists or even Vedic astrologists are telling me it's time to go. It's airy season, plant your seeds. And then we start to feel a disconnect in our embodied experience, the energy truly coursing through us, how we feel and how we're being told we're supposed to feel. That also applies to our chart. We're being told we're all air. We're meant to be an ideas person and we're so expansive and we just want to be a pelvic worker. We just want to hold women's hips and work with their tissues and be so in our bodies and we feel so somatic, but we're being told we're all fire and air and we're supposed to be a performer and all these things disconnect from true nature. And so that's what I started to recognize was the things we're being told. There's a huge disconnect in the energy. And then I finally get my telescope and start to become my own little astronomist and the whole thing burns down. And I remember in my soul, I track ancient, ancient astrology. I look at the ancient hieroglyphs and then I just confirm astronomically, which is really all that matters. 
where the true movements are. And once we know the true movements, there is no disconnect from the depth of our experience. We go all the way in. There's no resistance. And we as women, deep feelers, deep medicine women, deep shamans, we get to honor the actual initiations that the cosmos is guiding us through. And so the cosmos is meant to be our deepest spiritual initiator to bring us into our highest matriarchal power, our deeply embodied orientation to become true leaders and actually self-actualized as souls. But if we're working with all fire and air, when we're meant to be masters of earth and water, when we're meant to have a very specific path, and we're being told by life we're supposed to be a certain way, it really takes us off our true center. And if we're being told it's Aries season, when it's the end of Pisces season, and we're meant to be dying, literally, ego death, death of past cycle, and we're being told, you better hurry up, because it's time to seed a new paradigm. That's BS. And so it's nobody's fault. Nobody is conscious. These Western astrologists, they're not aware. They're very attached. It's not their fault. We've all been conditioned. But once we know astronomically that what we're sharing is not accurate, we then have a responsibility to actually feel into, is this actually serving people? Because is it the truth of our bodies? You know, the last thing I'll say about that is there's only one astrological reality, the water, our bodies, the plants, the planets, all of life can only experience the planets where they actually are. The only part of us that's plugging into Western astrology is our minds. And so we have a mind body rupture. And that's why I care. (laughs) That's kind of the reason I care as a body worker. We need to dismantle that mind body rupture. When you were talking about the fire and air, and then about the water and earth mm-hmm. i i can definitely feel that you're not an air no <laughs> yeah i feel like i might be an air or fire though <laughs> you, you're probably fire. i think you're a leo love i'm like a hundred percent sure in my gut that you're leo which what is does that mean for the what does that mean for the fire or the air yeah yeah so you know what all of the archetypes we've been told about Western astrology are really immaturely portrayed. So something that we hear about Leo is that she's boisterous, attention-seeking, insecure. It could not be further from the truth. She is the archetype of the queen. She is the mother expression of fire. In my cosmology, there's a maiden mother and crone expression of each element. That's how I relate to the archetypes. There's so much I could say, but I'll just, I'll be there with you for a moment. When we get into the mother expression of the elements, this is when we come into the masters of service. We come into the women who are here to serve the energy of that element. And so Leo, it is, first of all, in the cosmos, it's the heart of the cosmos, but it's also a fierce leader. It is a fierce queen. She's designed to have impeccably high self-worth and be very confident in speaking her truth and speaking the truth. She doesn't coddle people's conditioning. She doesn't make herself smaller to accommodate other people's insecurities. And her ferocity can potentially bring up other people's insecurities, but that's her gift. She says, you're welcome. Now you get to be with the places in which you're negotiating with your own inner trust, your own inner queen. And beautiful Virgo is right beside Leo. It's the gastrointestinal tract of the cosmos. She is literally one of the most profound guides of women because she's all about boundaries. She's all about containment. She's all about discernment. She's all about service. She's that midwife energy. So she's the one who has the capacity to have her boots on the ground, 
helping the woman midwifing them into their bodies. She can't not work with women's bodies. Like it is rare we find a, a Virgo who is not serving women in their bodies. Very, very rare. They are the midwife. And so Leo and Virgo working together in the context that you are is perfect. And we can see it in the way that you're speaking a little bit more and you're kind of holding the space a little bit. That's that fire in that earth, but interconnecting beautifully. It's alchemy. You probably don't know this, but I'm also a massage therapist. <laughs> <laughs> that makes complete sense. And how funny is that? That almost 100% of body workers all think they're air signs. Literally. Mm. It doesn't make if any you ask any, any body worker, what sign are you? They're going to tell you an air sign. All of my friends, all the people I read for me as well, I was told an air sign. And we're earth. How okay, else would we come to me, the body? Talk to me about mid-June. Because... My oldest is a June 16th baby and also one of her aunts is a June 16th baby. And many of my favorite people on this planet are born from like June 14th to June 18th. And Mm -hmm. in 12 moons are labeled as a Gemini, which I feel like gets a really bad rap. So talk to me more about that season and Mm -hmm. what that actually means for those people. Maybe. Yeah, they would, they would be Taurus as love. They would be Tauruses. And Taurus is actually one of the most earthed expressions of a human. They are, it's the maiden expression of earth. So they are completely here to be deeply in their bodies, deeply in the kind of sensual experience of life. They're here to be very primal. They're very playful and they're very grounded. Like there's so much we could say about Taurus, but really these are the first energies of earth sign in our cosmos. And so they are earth. They are complete embodiment of earth. I have a lot of Tauruses in my life as well. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So tell me where we are right now or today, or I guess we're going to be this Monday. Monday. A Monday? Yeah. Okay. So like, what is the Western astrology telling us about right now? And what is true Mm -hmm. astrology telling us about right now? Yeah. So Western astrology would tell us that we're in Libra season. In true astrology, we're actually still in Virgo season. And we'll be in Virgo till the end of the month. Virgo, true Virgo season is two and a half months long. All of the seasons are completely different sizes because the cosmos isn't cut and dry. And when we see that the cosmos is a macrocosmic expression of our bodies, each of the constellational lengths are attributed to parts of the body. So Virgo season is the gastrointestinal tract. It is the longest part of our bodies. It has a lot of work to do. And it's very evolutionarily oriented. If we had two and a half months of Scorpio season, the crops would fail. <laughs> the I, can, I have a lot of Scorpio, so I can say this. The, the animals would not be tended to. 10,000 years ago, we can't be in Scorpio season for two and a half months because it's death. It's rebirth. It's emotional transformation. It's going to the emotional depth. It's shadow work. It's deeply passionate and deeply emotional. But Virgo being two and a half months long, it, it's what makes the world go round. It's what allows us to prepare for winter in the Northern Hemisphere. We have so much work to do between September and November to survive. So Virgo is our helper to do that. We also need a lot of Virgos in the world because it's two and a half months long. We have the most Virgos in the world. Thank goddess. We need the most Virgos in the world out of any other sign for us to survive as a species. It's all evolutionarily perfect. And so Scorpio season is actually two and a half weeks long. 
We don't have a lot of true Scorpios in the world. Ophiuchus season is three weeks long. We don't have a lot of Ophiuchuses in the world. It's a very specific energy. It's very magical, but it's not necessarily the ones who are going to be milking the cows and helping the woman birth and like tending the fields and building the structures. They're going to have more of like a specific shamanic flavor in the tribe. And so we need a lot of Virgos and just a less, a few less of Theakuses because they're probably going to become shamans or priestesses or something like that. Where does that um, sign fit into the, like, where is it? There's number nine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in between Scorpio, which is the womb okay. and Sagittarius, which is the thighs and the birthing canal. Cause it's the cervix and the vagina and the vulva. So it is between usually the end of November, it depends on the year, end of November to like December 17th around that time. So I would say my whole life, I've always said, well, I was born two weeks late. So I was meant to be a Leo. And I always thought aligned <laughs> more with that. But I'm just wondering now, like, do you have different descriptions of the signs than are what we're reading in the newspaper. And which also makes me wonder about the multi-billion dollar industry that astronomy, mm. astrology is. Um, mm. I guess my real question is how do you live your life differently now that you know this? Mm. Well, I'm definitely, my consciousness can't be messed with because once we see where we've been lied to in one environment, let's they birth we're very aware of the ways that our consciousness is pulled on by conditioning once we've gone so deep into dismantling all the ways that we have been conditioned and coming home to this orientation is coming home to feminine discernment um, it's coming home to true power it's coming home to our bodies it allows us to trust our womb and our intuition so much more highly than we do logic or what we've been told about life and so it's changed everything because it brings us more deeply into our body sensation and experience as the highest barometer of truth. And talking about somatic cosmology, which is literally our cosmos moving through our bodies, it brings us into a really deep maturity. Because once we know the authentic invitation of the cosmos, we're brought into the depth of our feelings. We're brought into the depth of how we really feel as women how we really feel in life. It really calls us forth out of shadow, out of negotiating with our true needs. These true archetypes, you asked, how do I perceive the archetypes differently? I think the word I would use is more maturely because instead of you know going on Instagram and looking at memes of what Leo means, like Leo rolls up to the party wearing pink sparkles. I, I mean, study I Leo, <laughs> right? Even if you do, even if yeah. you do. I study Leo through the context of that it's the heart and circulatory system of our cosmos with that level of respect, or that it's the mother expression of fire with that level of respect and reverence for fire, for heart, and for blood. For Virgo, I approach her with the level of respect and reverence I word for our gastrointestinal tract and our belly and the mother expression of earth. So it gets very shamanic. It gets very mature. It's not just like these human archetypes. It could apply to all life, all biological life. It's very elemental, very grounded. And ideally, the way that I read for a woman tomorrow would be the same way I would read for a woman 10,000 years ago. That's my goal. The same level of attunement, the same level of honesty about the truth of our physiological experience. So it's not so socio-cultural, but it brings us home to that ancient orientation, which is where 13 Moons was birthed from. 
Do you have another question? I just want to know, like, from a practical sense, because I feel like you and I are dabblers, yeah. right? Like, we're dabbling in some nutrition, and we're dabbling in some meditation, mm-hmm. and we have very busy lives, and we have children. Full of excuses. Lots of <laughs> Um, But, like, I guess in a practical sense, I'm just wondering, when you say, like, this brings you home to who you are. It sounds really nice. It sounds great. I just don't know what that looks like for me. Like mm-hmm. I have a beautiful property. I can sit in front of a fire and it's I a can physical home. do some drumming, but I don't know how. I just, mm. I need some baby steps of like, how yeah. am I getting more in touch and in tune? And even when the other day you sent me like a life audit mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't even know how, like, wh- what am I getting in touch with? What am I doing? Give me some baby steps. Yeah. I love it. Well, what I love about this orientation is that there's nothing you have to do. It is more about dismantling the ways that you've been resisting how you feel and what you actually know. It's the ways that we've been impregnated with consciousness that we have to become something other than we are, which is the archetypal Western astrology. It's all about reaching for something else. True astrology is about dismantling the ways that we've been negotiating with our true power, our true intuition, our true discernment. And so when we do readings, when I do readings with women, it's really about just like unraveling all this bullshit about the ways that we've negotiated with who we've always been. And so there is this invitation that we do come home to deep feelings because it's somatic. But I know if you both work in birth, you're okay with deepening into primal feelings. But there is a dismantling of hardening to ourselves, of resisting who we really are and what we know. Because in truth, we as women, we as people, We don't have to learn or become anything more. We just have to dismantle and give back all of the projections upon who we're supposed to be. So that's what I mean when it's about coming home. It's not like climbing up a mountain to come home. It's about sitting so deeply into ourselves and dismantling so much BS, that kind of coming home. But it is a highly mature reflection. It's going to ask us to claim even more deeply who we are as matrix, to stop adapting to other people's journeys and claim the level of maturity we are here to embody. And it may be kind of miles beyond what we're seeing culturally, like about what a woman should be or how powerful she's allowed to be, how self-certain she's allowed to be, how home she's allowed to be, how non-adaptive she's allowed to be. That's really what it is. It's like, there's no more adapting to other people's projections, misinterpretations or expectations of how, how deeply us were allowed to be in this plane. I think that's when are you having a retreat sign me up (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking oh let's book a trip out west (laughs) oh my goodness okay so my question was actually just I would like to talk to you forever and book a flight but um usually we wrap up the podcast with a question that kind of puts everybody on the spot but if you could have anything Mm -hmm. on a billboard what would your billboard say oh my gosh listen to your womb Oh yeah. I love that. Period. Listen to your womb. And and it might only hit the woman, but all men come from a womb too. And they would maybe start to just listen to that amniotic space. That is the mother that loves them so deeply. And hopefully that would help them come home too. Okay. And Cassidy Lee Bell, that's where people can find you on Instagram. Where else do you want people to find you? I'm pretty old school right now I just have my Instagram that's how people book readings with me that's where I have my 13 moon membership um, that's how people access me to teach and do things like this and I'm very personal in my communication so I really want to at this point in my 
activism, bring as many women home as possible. So that's how they can contact me is there. I love Amazing. that. Well, thank I, you so much. Yeah, I feel like we needed this so badly. And I also have an interesting observation because we had this booked, what, like eight weeks ago? Yeah. And then yeah. we rescheduled and I feel yeah. like that was in alignment. Mm-hmm. Like you needed this talk right now. I needed this talk right now. And it wasn't going to land the same way it did eight weeks ago. So yeah, thank you. Oh, so perfect. Just like birth, right? It has its own journey. It has its own trajectory. I'm so grateful to be here with you both. This has been so special. Yes. And I'm so excited for you both to deepen with this orientation. Leo, queen, Virgo, queen, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go get my tattoo removed. <laughs> no, You're don't not. worry about it. No. We can talk more about why that's still helpful okay. when, when we drop in one-on-one. Okay, okay. we will. Thank, Thank you, Thank you Cassie. so much. You're such a beautiful human. Oh my goodness. You're both so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope you both have the most beautiful day. Integrate. And let's continue to deepen about this. Okay, sounds good. Bye. 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 We would just love it if you would take the time to leave us a five-star rating, a review. If you'd subscribe to our show, you can screenshot it while you're listening to us and even share it on the gram. Remember, you are important too. Disclaimer, we are not medical professionals. Everything said here is our own opinion and not to be taken as medical advice. We do not take any responsibility from the outcomes of you taking our advice. Please seek medical advice from your trusted healthcare professionals.